Hey, this is Lori from Hike, sharing voices from on the trail. And today I bring you trail maintenance coordinator, Stephen Parker from the Ozark Highlands Trail Association. You heard about the Ozark Highlands Trail earlier this season when I talked to Matt Dunn about his through hike of the trail. Well, today I bring you my conversation with Stephen and we go into um, some more details about the trail and logistics and what it takes to maintain it. What really surprised me about uh, learning more about this trail was that it is truly a wilderness experience. So for those of you who like a little more solitude on your hike, you're going to find that on the Ozark Highlands Trail. So take a listen to my conversation with Stephen Parker. All right. So I am here with Stephen Parker um, with the Ozark Highlands Trail. So Stephen... Uh, tell me a little bit about who you are, what's your role with the Ozark Highlands Trail Association, and, and just some of your background in hiking. Sure. Well, uh, I am the maintenance coordinator for the Ozark Highlands Trail Association, and um, OHTA is a nonprofit group that um, initially built the trail um, and came up with, with the idea and and now we are maintaining and promoting the trail. Um, so this is a, a 100% volunteer organization. Um, we don't have any paid staff. Um, and um, the the trail has has increased from it, its initial concept. Um, and now we are. There are some other groups. Um, uh, Ken's crew worked on the Buffalo River Trail in the Buffalo National River, um, and the Ozark Highlands Trail is co-located with that uh, through the Buffalo National River. Uh, and there's another organization, David's Trail, over near Lake Norfolk, um, that has worked to build some trail. And the concept now is to um, fill in some of the gaps and take the trail all the way to the Missouri border and connect with the Ozark Trail in Missouri to create the Trans-Ozark Trail going from Lake Fort Smith in Arkansas to St. Louis. Ah, okay. Because I was going to ask, for someone who's unfamiliar with the area, and, you know, where exactly does Ozark Highlands Trail, you know, start and end, or, or what are the two main points? Just kind of a general feel of, of where it's located, and, and then also how it came to be. I guess you could say it starts, it depends on which way you're going, uh, at Lake Fort Smith State Park in northwest Arkansas and travels basically east through the Ozark National Forest for about 164 miles to the Buffalo National River at a place called Woolham. And then it follows along the Buffalo River Trail for about 42 miles on the south side of the river uh, to Dillard's Ferry. From there, it enters the lower Buffalo wilderness where there is not built trail, but we have laid out a, a about a 17-mile bushwhack route through there. So is it truly a bushwhack? I mean, you're... That would truly it, be a bushwhack. Wow. So, it, uh, um, so that's more of a challenging uh, piece to get through? Yes, it is. Having done it, it's a challenge. Uh, I, there, there are some um, 
old timber roads okay. you'll walk on, uh, and there is some equestrian traffic that has moved through there. So um, it's not completely without any type of tread, but there is no official built trail through that section. Okay. So then you would say, you know, at that point, you know, because one of my questions was, is the trail blazed? You know, is it easy to follow? So are there sections where it's uh, pretty easy to follow or oh, yeah. do you need to have, um, is there a specific trail map that people can pick up? Sure. Uh, yes. The, the trail itself is blazed except for that lower Buffalo wilderness section. Um, there's another 32 miles of built trail in the Ozark National Forest past um, lower Buffalo. Um, this, we, we call it the Sillimore section because uh, it's, it's the Sillimore section of the Ozark National Forest and it's kind of separated from the rest of the trail by the wilderness area. And that actually gets you close to uh, Lake Norfolk and then the current activity is um, working to move north along Lake Norfolk to get to Missouri. Uh, but the trail is blazed with uh, two inch by six inch white aluminum blazes, so be very similar to the AT. There are some sections along the Buffalo River Trail um, where they also allow uh, equestrian traffic, and those are yellow blazed. Okay. Uh, so it sounds like it's multi-use in some sections. Along the Buffalo River, it would be a shared use uh, with equestrian traffic. The remainder of the trail is hiking only. And how long has the trail um, been in place? Back in the late 70s, the Ozark National Forest first started building the trail, and then some budget cuts happened. And, and one of their uh, employees who had been doing trail work, Tim Ernst, um, called a meeting in Fayetteville to see if there were any volunteers who might be willing to help work to continue to build the trail on a volunteer basis. And I understand over 100 people showed up. Uh, and that's what formed the Ozark Highlands Trail Association. So we started back in the early 80s and then worked to build um, the trail from Lake Fort Smith um, up to Woolham. And, and as I said, there was a, a different group um, led by Ken Smith that worked to build the Buffalo River sections. And did you sort and, of meet in the middle? Um. Yeah, I guess. They, they did a little over 40 miles, and we did a little over 160. So, oh, okay. Um, this, so you guys our did, you did our a activity whole, whole started lot. way before they did, yeah. <laughs> so, again, I know you mentioned it earlier, but how long is the trail? 250 miles close to from uh, Lake Fort Smith to um, Matney Knob at the far end of the Sillimore section. So that would include the, the bushwhack route through uh, the lower Buffalo Wilderness. So do you get many people who are looking to do a through hike of it? Do you, do you hear about that? Yeah, quite a few, actually. Um, we have several uh, trail registers placed along the section of trail from Lake Fort Smith to Woolham. Uh, and there are actually quite a few people that come from uh, all over the country. Uh, and in fact, other countries, we've had people from... Uh, India, England, Canada, come hike the trail. 
So do you have, do you officially keep track anywhere or is it just simply in the registers or, or is there a list of, you know, if people complete it all, do they get a certificate or anything? Well, if anybody says they've hiked the whole trail and contacts uh, OHTA, we'll send them a, a patch that oh, nice. uh, says through hike. But we don't, you know, we're not asking for a GPS track or, or some type of proof. It's, it's kind of an honor system. So when is the best time to hike uh, the trail? Pretty much mid-September into May. October and April are probably the busiest months for people on the trail. And, and it's really more of a, during the summer, it's not really recommended uh, because vegetation growth just, we can't keep up with it. It's hot and humid uh, and we have lots of ticks, chiggers and mosquitoes and other small insects that want to try to kill you. That doesn't sound appealing at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are pe- there are people that do it. There there are people that through hike during the summer. Uh, they have my respect. It's not for me. So, and speaking of actually trying to do a through hike of it, and you said you know maybe start in the fall or or doing it sometime uh, in the spring is some of the most popular. Mm-hmm. Is there? Um, tell me a little bit about the makeup. So, is there a lot of you know leaf changing in the fall? Is that you know, or wildflowers in the spring, kind of what can people expect? Sure. It is a uh, oak hickory hardwood forest. So we do have um, fall leaf colors. Uh, this, this past year was a little bland. Um, so you never know what to expect. You're probably looking at late October or early November for the peak leaf season. Um, in the spring, there will be um, spring wildflowers, um, dogwoods, and redbud trees blooming. Um, there are also a number of uh, waterfalls along the trail, so hiking it after significant rain events or often in the spring when we have a lot of rain, um, just about any time through there, um, you can see some uh, nice waterfalls along the trail. Oh, that sounds really pretty. Are there uh, water crossings along the way that people have to navigate through? Yes. Um, there are few water crossings where at certain times of year it would be dangerous or impossible to cross. So after significant rainstorms, for example, Frog Bayou uh, and the Mulberry River are, are two of the larger crossings uh, that after some really heavy rains can can be and have been fatal. We actually had a, a judge from New York was killed on the Mulberry River crossing about 20 years ago. Oh. Yeah, so people need to be serious and, I mean, take that seriously when um, when there are warnings about, about right. high water. Right, right. And you can, get, you can get around the Frog Bayou crossing. It's at about the three-mile mark, so you can just move in and start at about the nine mile mark. There's another uh, trailhead there. So there are ways to avoid most of those crossings. And so how long does it usually take for someone who is looking to do it end to end, for example? Well, as always, it depends on the hiker, but I would say um, two weeks is a good figure for that. Um, Some people 
could probably do it in about 10 days. Well, that makes it a nice um, for people that maybe are working and maybe get just, you know, a couple, two, three weeks of vacation or a month of vacation a year. That makes it doable um, sure. from a through hiking perspective. Yeah. Big, yeah. And, and, and another advantage we have is you can pretty much hike it all winter long. In fact, that's, in my opinion, one of the prettier seasons to do it. We may get a little bit of winter weather, but it generally warms back above freezing after a couple of days. And we don't get feet of snow. So it's, it's, a, it's a good escape if somebody's in the middle of winter and they just need to get a hike in. We're usually open. So what about uh, camping and kind of shelters? Are there any shelters set up or is it um, all camp along the trail type of situation? We, we do not have any shelters. Uh, this is very much a wilderness trail. If someone told me they through hiked it and never saw another person, it would not surprise me. Um, so it, it's all primitive camping. Um, there are a couple of established Forest Service and uh, National Park Service campgrounds along the route, but there are also uh, uh, numerous primitive campsites where people have been historically camping, and, and we encourage people to, to reuse those sites to try to minimize the impact along the trail. And, and you had asked earlier about maps. Um, there is a series of three maps that are available from our website, which is OzarkHighlandsTrail.com, that cover the entire trail from Lake Fort Smith to Matney Knob. Uh, and a lot of these uh, primitive camp camping areas are indicated on that map. So you can see where, where these uh, spots are and how far you are from them. So along that line with the maps, does, uh, does it also include info on water sources? that people might need to think about? Well, the, the maps will indicate um, creeks that are crossing, but there are, frankly, there's so many small creeks and drainages that you're going to cross. Finding water uh, is never a problem, except maybe in the summer. And, and even then, if you come to a creek crossing and it's dry, you just go upstream or downstream a ways and you'll probably find a pool of water. Well, that's good to know. What about, you talked about the wilderness being a lot of it in wilderness areas. So um, I would expect that in that area, there's probably not good cell service, for example, in certain sections, people shouldn't rely on having a cell signal. They should not rely on having a cell signal. That's just correct. And there are not a lot of, of, you're not going to be hiking through towns. Um, You will pass a couple of post offices within just two to four miles from the trail, but you're not likely to come across stores where you can, you know, buy, resupply yourself, buy groceries. So if you're, if you're planning on doing this, I would uh, either arrange with somebody to meet you at, at spots or, or send yourself a box to these post offices. Yeah. I was going to ask that. Do people try to cash food which I would, I always worry about, like, how is it that wildlife isn't going to get into that? Or, (laughs) no, seriously. (laughs) Or uh, It's it's a good question. Yeah. Some people do cash food. I don't think there's a whole lot of it. I think most people 
who are doing uh, a through hike and not trying to take everything, either have somebody meet them or they, they ship themselves uh, supply boxes to the, the post offices along the trail. So what about people that are looking to maybe just spend a, a weekend out on the trail or even just, you know, day hiking it? Are there certain sections that you'd recommend um, just to get a taste of the Ozark Highlands Trail? Yes, there's a quite a number of uh, access points along the trail. So it would be easy to do just uh, a day hike um, with an out and back or a point to point if you had two cars. Just go out and, and, and do a weekend or do the whole thing. Um, that's that's not a problem at all. Um, and there are some um, private businesses that provide uh, shuttle services that can drop you off and pick you up at, at various places. But as far as picking some really interesting areas where you might go, I might recommend uh, White Rock Mountain and Hare Mountain area as places that have some uh, tremendous views and high points. The um, Maranoni Scenic area, you can do as a five-mile point-to-point hike. Um, is is really beautiful. Eldridge Hollow has some really nice uh, waterfalls through there. Uh, and then the, the Hurricane Creek Wilderness area is, is very beautiful and remote. And there's there are two stream crossings in there. Um, that have the potential to um, be dangerous. And so there is actually a high water bypass through there. So in that area, you would be able to do a semi-loop uh, hike um, by utilizing the high water bypass and then the, uh, the main trail itself, what we would call a lollipop loop where you've got kind of a out and back stem and then a loop. That's really nice. And then a uh, Everywhere along the Buffalo River, um, the trail generally is following along the tops of uh, the bluffs over the river. You get some tremendous views through there. So tell me if there's, is there a, a good amount of elevation difference and gain that you're going to get over certain sections of the trail? You're going to be constantly going up and down. We're not talking about huge elevation changes like you, you might see um, out west. The high point on the trail is just a hair over 2,000 feet in elevation. So generally, you're going to be moving between 500 and 2,000 feet in elevation, but it's 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 constant up and down. And you mentioned kind of some of the the critters that are around in the summer uh, that you might have to deal with. Um, what kind of wildlife, though, can you expect to see along the trail? We have. Black bear, we do not have grizzly bear. We, we don't, you're very unlikely to see a bear. They tend to be very secretive. White-tailed deer and elk, particularly over in the uh, Buffalo River sections, you're likely to see. And then a lot of the smaller animals, skunks, raccoons, possum, squirrels, uh, lots of bird life. So since there are bear, um, should I be taking a bear canister? Should I be hanging my food? What are the things I need to consider? A bear canister is not required anywhere along the trail. It's, it's a good idea to, to go ahead and hang your, not just your food, your smellables, but 
in this area, it's not so much for the bear. It's the mice, the raccoons, the squirrels, that those smaller wildlife are the ones that tend to chew into people's packs and, and, and get at food rather than bear. In fact, as far as I know, there has been only one human bear incident along the trail since 1980. Like you said, most of the time they're, they see you, but you don't see them. Right. Right. And, and we haven't had, you know, part, part of the problem you have where, where you have bear canister issues like out in uh, the Sierras is because there has been so many interactions between humans and bear and food. We don't get that level of traffic. So our bears have not become accustomed to trying to look for food from humans yet, which is another good reason to just go ahead and hang your, your stuff so that we don't end up training our bears to look for food. Oh, that's an important point to, to make and for people to still, you know, practice bear awareness, um, no matter what, what about places that the trail goes through that you have to worry about, um, hunting safety and things like that, um, through the year? I don't know so much about worry about it as be aware of it. Um, particularly this time of year, um, you might want to wear some, um, blaze orange to make yourself stand out most i'm not going to say there's nobody that hunts along the trail because they do but um most of the hunters don't want to be bothered by people walking by all the time true so you know uh and they are not going to get too far off a roadway um, because they're not going to drag a deer a half a mile um so it's just it's it's more a matter of of awareness. You're probably not going to have a, a significant encounter with hunters, except maybe real close to uh, trail crossings. So it's you know be aware. Uh, I I know people that hang a blaze orange bandana off the back of their pack year round. I I personally don't worry about it too much. So let's talk about, uh, the Ozark Highlands Trail Association. And you had mentioned that you're, um, also, uh, the trail maintenance coordinator or, um, what's the official title coordinator? Maintenance coordinator. Maintenance coordinator. So tell me a little bit more about what that entails and, uh, you know, just about the trail maintenance aspect. Okay. Well, uh, like any trail, you don't maintain it, it goes away. And we are 100% volunteers. We have over 50 people who have adopted sections of trail to maintain, somewhat like uh, state highway departments and their litter pickup along highways. So these volunteer adopters go out. We ask them to go out at least twice a year and just inspect the trail, pick up any litter they see, throw branches off the trail that have fallen down. Um, If if it's capable of being cut with a handsaw, they can do that. Our our number one trail tool is a a pair of loppers to cut back vegetation and twigs that may be growing into the corridor. And then if um, we have bigger issues, like trail tread that needs to be 
reconstructed or a reroute or large trees that have fallen across the trail. We have sawyers that have been trained by U.S. Forest Service and, and have sawyer cards that go out and cut out those uh, those bigger trees. So if someone is out there hiking and sees an issue, how can they notify you or what, what should they do? I'm so glad you asked that. Um, regardless of whether it's our trail or whatever trail you're out hiking, I bet 90% of the people are carrying a smartphone. And there are so many apps uh, available on a smartphone that, you know, that utilize your GPS and you can download maps and, and track your progress. These are wonderful tools if you can just take it. Most of these allow you to create a landmark um, and attach a picture to it. And so it records the GPS coordinates of, let's say it's a large tree across the trail and you get a picture. And then when you get back home, you can send that to your, whoever the trail maintenance organization is that's dealing with that trail. And they have the exact GPS coordinates of where this is and they have a photograph of it. So you, you kind of know what to expect and it allows maintainers to figure out the best way to get in there and, and address that situation and, and what to expect. And I will tell you an issue from personal experience. Somebody reported, oh, there were three trees down within about 100 yards of each other, you know, between this mile marker and that mile marker. You would ask about blazing earlier. We also have mile markers for the first 164 miles of the trail uh, out there. So you know where you are. Well, this was about... This was about a two-mile hike in, so I hiked in. I'm carrying a chainsaw. Got somebody with me because we always go out in pairs. We go out there, and it's three trees, no more than six inches in diameter, laying flat on the trail. Just uh -uh. real easy to step over, you know. <laughs> and uh, there were choice words said. <laughs> so that's uh, that's why it's know. probably important to take the picture. That, that's why a photograph yeah. helps because I'm sitting here thinking, are you trying to get through here with a stroller? <laughs> like, why is this an issue? So, you know, having those exact GPS coordinates and a photograph is really helpful to us in the trail maintenance game to know how to get out there and get it. And, what, and the way I utilize that is I have a, a Google map that all of my Sawyers have access to and I put the GPS coordinates on that map. So it's any of the Sawyers have a weekend and they're like, you know, I, I'm going to go cut some trees. They can go on that map. They can get the exact GPS coordinates. If I've got photographs, there's a link to the photo and, you know, they can, they can find an area where there's quite a few trees here. There's you know, a lot of work rather than here's a tree and another 20 miles away, another tree, um, you know, they can just, on, on their time, um, know what's out there and choose to go rather than having to call me up and go, where are some trees? So how can people, you said it's an all-volunteer um, yes. organization. So how can people get involved, whether it's um, just spending a day out helping or if they want to maybe donate or, or I don't know if you sell any merchandise that helps support um, the sure. trail? Things like that. Well, 
you can you can join the Ozark Islands Trail Association. Memberships are twenty dollars a year, and, and that money goes to help pay for tools, equipment, gas, chainsaw chains, etc. We have periodic uh, maintenance events where people can come out for a day or a weekend um, to do a more significant trail maintenance activity that's usually involving rebuilding tread or a short reroute uh, or addressing a, an area where we've had really excessive vegetation growth. We have a few of those areas where the, the canopy has just been um, demolished. We, a few years ago, we had a red oak borer invasion. The red oak borer is always out there, but there was just a period of a couple of years where just had an explosion bloom, and we lost a lot of tree canopy. So that's created more undergrowth of vegetation in, in some areas where we have to go in with weed eaters and uh, brush cutters to try to cut out the vegetation that's that's growing in there. So occasionally we'll do a, a weekend maintenance event where people can come out and do that. We do sell some merchandise on our website and again that money is used to help pay for for maintenance activities and and even if you're not nearby here in, in northern arkansas go out and volunteer with whatever trail maintenance organization is near you we really need all the help and unless people volunteer we won't have these trails for people to hide have you been seeing a decline at all in volunteers or I guess just from your perspective how do you see that going what I see is our volunteer workforce is got some age on them uh, and that is probably more due to the fact that people have their their work life and then as they get older and start retiring they're looking for things to do but we really need more younger people to to come out and and help and get involved uh, that that's probably the the biggest trend I see is a lot of us are getting older and tireder and this it's it's not easy work but it's very rewarding and also you're taking a lot of um, trail knowledge with you right you know so right. it's probably nice to uh, to have more people along so that they're also kind of understand and you can pass down some of that information from generation to generation. Right. And, you know, when we, when you go out a lot doing maintenance, uh, you can find some pretty neat places that you might miss just hiking by. So that being said, what's your secret trail spot? Do you have a favorite I really like the Hurricane Creek Wilderness area. I, I'm hesitating in <laughs> saying another one of my secret spots because <laughs> I don't necessarily want you, to be out there. So it is truly <laughs> your secret spot. So yes. I will encourage people to get out and do some trail maintenance so that you can find your own secret spots, like you said, um, yes. and have some of that solitude. This is not going to be a um, social uh, activity like you might find maybe on the Appalachian Trail where there are so many people doing it that you're constantly seeing people coming in both directions. Um, like I said, you can uh, through hike this trail and 
possibly only see one or two, or if you're lucky, nobody. <laughs> so how can people follow along through the year? Where are some places they can visit? You mentioned your website. Right. There's our website, OzarkHighlandsTrail.com. Uh, if you join, you will get a monthly newsletter. And then you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. And how can I find you on Instagram and Facebook? What's, uh, what's your handle? On Instagram, it is Ozark underscore Highlands underscore Trail underscore, and I think it's A-S-S-N for association okay um, on facebook if you just type in ozark highlands trail it'll it'll pop up our homepage there all right so for the listeners is there any last thing that you wish they knew about the ozark highland trail that we haven't talked about yet it's it's a wonderful trail it's it's not uh one of the, the, the epics, uh, like the Appalachian Trail or the PCT, but if you're looking for a more wilderness experience and some solitude and or hiking during the winter season, um, come see us. It's, um, it's a wonderful trail. I will tell you one of the adjectives I hear most often from people who have hiked some of the, um, the big three is – they call the Ozark Islands Trail challenging, so it's uh, it's it's not going to be an easy hike. So just because it's only 250 miles or so doesn't mean that it's uh, not without its challenges, and people need to be prepared to experience uh, a wilderness uh, hike as well. And yes. you know, of course, have have the equipment and skills to go along with that. Right. And, and we also, we talked about the maps. Um, Tim Ernst, who founded the Ozark Highlands Trail, um, has also written a guidebook that's available at his website. That's Tim Ernst, E-R-N-S-T dot com. And it's, it's a wonderful guide to the trail. Well, I will definitely put in a link uh, in my show notes, of course, to both uh, how to get in touch with you guys but also to get the guidebook and, you know, more information so that hikers who want to learn more, want to have that experience, whether it's just for a weekend trip or they're looking for the full two weeks out on the trail, they'll be able to get to that information. Sure. Thank you. Well, I thank you. Thank you for coming on today and sharing more about the Ozark Highlands Trail. It's a trail that I hadn't heard about, so I was excited to learn more, and I hope I, I get myself down there to experience it firsthand. All right. Come see us. Let me know when you're coming. Oh, I definitely will. Thanks again, Stephen, for sharing more about the Ozark Highlands Trail with me and also about the Ozark Highlands Trail Association and the great things that you're doing down there to keep the trail going. I really do hope that I get down to see the beautiful changing of colors, or maybe even do a winter hike on the Ozark Highlands Trail. The show notes for ways that you can connect with Stephen and learn about how you can find out more information and maybe take your own hike on the Ozark Highlands Trail. So until next time, see you on the trail.